Hey everyone, and welcome to the OS Training Podcast. My name is Steve Birch, and in this week's episode of the OS Training Podcast, we are talking with Brian Hogg, who makes a living in the WordPress plugin space. He sells plugins and develops plugins, and he also creates training classes to teach people how to do the same. He has a really interesting approach to his business, which has a lot of similarities with other people we've talked to in this podcast series. He takes a very patient approach interacting with his users, listening to their feedback, and not trying to grow too far and too fast. He's trying to grow organically and trying to build trust with people. If you've listened to our podcast with Andy Miller and his Grav platform, you'll find a lot of similarities about what they talk about. Hey, Brian, uh, welcome to the OS Training Podcast. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. So I came across your work through your newsletter and not to start off the podcast by flattering you up too much, but it's <laughs> probably the the best WordPress-related newsletter I get. You don't send it out too often, but it's always full of great nuggets about building WordPress plugins and uh, like really practical advice. Uh, are you a, a full-time WordPress plugin developer? Yes. Um, so yeah, the last few months has been almost exclusively uh, WordPress plugins, but I do still do some consulting and um, some video course related uh, work. So I've got the one on launching pro plugins and also uh, one on WordPress and JavaScript and another couple in the works. What does that mean to be a WordPress plugin developer in your situation at least? Do you build the plugins for other people or are you making a living from selling the plugins on WordPress.org? Yep. No, it's uh, it's uh, selling the plugins on uh, WordPress. Well, not selling them on WordPress.org, but definitely getting a, a good chunk of users from those trying the free versions and uh, and then upgrading to Pro if they'd like. But uh, last few months has been a pretty decent uptick in terms of you know the content marketing that I did when I first started coming to fruition and them actually uh, uh, you know coming directly to the site and uh, converting from there so um, yeah no I'm not really doing much uh, yeah I think I did one project in the last year that was you know building a plugin but uh, custom but that's it okay so you've got to the point now where you have your own customer stream your own customer relationships and you can support yourself through selling plugins at this point yep that's correct uh, how long did it take you to get to this point how long did it take you to to from launching your first plugin on WordPress.org to becoming independent? I'd say about two and a half years or so. So yeah, the first plugin I was launched about two and a half years ago, the one that the first one that I built, uh, my first foray into WordPress was actually converting a Joomla plugin into WordPress for a company I was doing some some work for. But that was a few years back, like six, seven years ago, um, which is not even there anymore. They've since moved on to, to other things. But it was about two and a half, yeah, about two and a half, three years ago when I launched the one plugin. Didn't do a ton with it for about a year and a half. Like it steadily grew. I'd answer support requests and you know add some features here and there, but it really it, around the year and a half mark, I started getting more and more feature requests and started realizing, oh, maybe some of these people have you know I could just add it to the free version, but I started realizing, oh, maybe these these people have a budget. Like there was one person that was a government agency or, or represented a government agency. I would hope they'd have some kind of budget. So. I'm like, okay, why don't, why don't I try spinning up a pro version with, uh, you know, just a, you know, an upgrade of, of the features that are in the free, and and it kind of kind of went from there. So, um, yeah, took about uh, about three years. Oh, so you had a kind of strategy of successful neglect for the first year and a half. You put it up, and it kind of grew by itself organically, and got more yep. users until you started getting some decent requests coming in, customizations, and 
extra feature requests. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and same with the other plugin. It was one that I uh, that, that I took over, and then uh, you know I spent a few months just just um, you know answering support questions when they came in and fixing a couple on sending bugs and. Um, and really users often, I mean, I can see what features that people might want, but oftentimes people who are using the plugin are going to have way better ideas than, uh, than I would. So, um, I really just tried to listen to users and if someone said, Hey, can the plugin do this? And, you know, I think to myself, well, no, it can't right now, but you know, quickly code it up and try and add it in and then, uh, reply to them and say, yep, totally, totally can. <laughs> if it's not in the free version, uh, you know, upgrade to the pro and, and here's the link or. Um, you know, just update your uh, your site, and uh, and you'll get the latest version with that feature. So, um, yeah, it's been a it's been a build that way. Oh, okay. So it's a very different approach from the one that some people might imagine. I guess a lot of people think of product development as a kind of Steve Jobs um, <laughs> approach of um, a genius sitting in their room or sitting in their office and coming up with an exact plan for how the product is going to be and it's going to tell people exactly what they want. Um, I think the Steve Jobs quote <laughs> is something like customers don't know what they want. But Yeah, it was something along the lines of like they, if they if, if we just listen to customers, we just have faster horses or something. <laughs> like yeah. something along those lines, we wouldn't have cars. <laughs> yeah, something you, like that. <laughs> you sound like you've taken a 180% opposite approach. For sure. I mean, like I think the Steve Jobs approach is great if you want to build this empire. Um, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm not trying to change the world in, in some way, but, uh, you know, this huge shift in, you know, uh, customer behavior and, and everything else. Um, no, I mean, for, for me, it's, it's really been a, a nice, uh, slow build, you know, and, and just taking care of the, the customers that are there and listening to, to what they're looking for, obviously coming up with my own ideas and things I want to add in, but, um, but no, it's, I, I, I definitely recommend getting stuff out there earlier and and uh get some early feedback and put it into potential customers hands and and then uh validate it as one way of validation and and then to see if it's something that people actually want and need so so what is this plugin that you've had on there on wordpress.org for the longest the one you've been working on for three years now yep uh, event calendar newsletter so it's a plugin that will take the data and the calendar events that you have from say the one by modern tribe or um, and, and I think nine other ones, some that are just part of themes and it'll take that data and allow you to push it into say MailChimp or active campaign or Aweber either automatically or with a quick copy paste. So, um, that's the one I've been working on the longest. And that was a scratching my own itch thing where, you know, a great, great guy was volunteering his time to promote local events in the software area. And he was doing it manually, you know, through through his WordPress site. He had a he was using a calendar that is since not around anymore. But um, you know, I, I kind of noticed some mistakes, I guess, that were happening with my event and other events, like the timer was wrong, or you know, like we were flipping between Wednesday and Saturday. So sometimes he put Wednesday two p.m. instead of Wednesday evening because on Saturdays we had it at two p.m. etc. So I just kind of asked him, like, "Are you doing this manually?" And he's like, "Yeah." So um, I couldn't find a solution that would that would solve that problem to get the information, you know, like because all you can do with uh, say RSS feed from events on a site would be the title of the event, a link to the event, but it wouldn't even give you the time, right? Because it'll just be the published time, not the time of the actual event. So oh. it was just a way to, to format it in the way you want and get it in there quick. 
So this guy would literally have people turning up at his events at the wrong time? Yeah, yeah I think that happened a couple of times, yeah. Or, or our event. I mean, people would figure it out, but then you send out the email, there's no undue. And, uh, you know, and then you got a bunch of people that are asking, wait, is it really at Wednesday, 2 p.m.? Like, that seems odd that it'd be in the middle of a work day. <laughs> you know, like, this isn't yeah. a lunch and learn. This isn't anything. This is just a regular meetup. So, um, yeah, it creates a lot of extra work clarifying that. Or, yeah, worst case, you have people showing up at the wrong time, and that, that sucks. Uh, yeah, probably best to organize that pub crawl at 7 p.m. rather than 7 a.m. <laughs> Unless they're in the U.K., then, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's good to get the time right. Um, so... You've come into this WordPress plugin business, but you seem to have had a, a fairly eclectic background. How did you actually get into the WordPress business? What were you doing beforehand? Um, so, wow. I mean, I've been developing for a number of years, like I started when I was 12. And I kind of had my first, I guess, startup before startups were called startups back in the late 90s was an online bingo game. Uh, so, and it became oh, wow. quite popular, like 750 active users when it would take like an hour to download the EXE uh, as a Windows-based uh, program. And that just came about from wanting to learn that style of development, like client-server programming over the internet kind of thing. Uh, using Windsock or something with Visual Basic, which was really cool. But that that grew and ran that for a few years, and then um, yeah, just did uh, you know a lot of consulting and custom development and a lot of PHP. But even after meeting like Mike Little and getting to know him when I lived in England, uh, I still still didn't really hop on the WordPress train until uh, finally landing a contract. I'd say seven years ago or so where someone yeah had a joomla extension and they they wanted to move it into the wordpress uh space so i learned as much as i could as quickly as i could i mean i had the background in php but um yeah that was the first real foray into wordpress and then went to a local WordCamp that year as well and you know i've uh, been kind of part of the community ever since and running my own word camps the last couple of years as well Okay, I'm going to circle back just because I'm fascinated. You were yes. <laughs> an, an actual full-time bingo developer for several years. Oh, nice. Uh, was I? Or yes? Yeah, you had a, a bingo, an online business. Yeah, yeah. Involved in bingo. Yeah, I mean, it was back when you could actually charge you some money for uh, for advertising, and it, it you know it wasn't this, this huge amount, but it was enough for for me as my 15, 16 year old self when I launched it. Yeah. Uh, it was it and in the first kind of couple of years of uni, it uh, it was it was doing its own thing, and and then someone kind of aqua hired it, and I made some four money games as well for a while, and on Visual Basic .net or Visual C Sharp. Uh, or C++, I can't remember. But yeah, it was a, it was a pretty cool. Uh, and then, yeah, just a, it had an IRC-style chat. So it was it was something where people would spend literally uh, eight, nine, ten hours a day on there just talking with their friends, and they can create their own rooms. And so, yeah, it was. Uh, I'm sad that I actually got rid of it because they kind of wound it down and, and, and did really uh, take care of it. But, um, yeah, it was a really neat community that grew around that. It was a whole bingo social network. Yeah, essentially. I mean, like you know, it was just that many with that many people in a in a in a room at a time back in the dial-up days. It was uh, it was pretty unique. So you sound as if you've been self-employed, running your own businesses or startups or whatever they called them before they were actually called yes. startups. <laughs> Ever Ventures. since you were uh, fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, no, I was doing uh, yeah freelance work. Uh, started when I was fifteen and. Um, that was the only one I think uh, after graduating university and it was a program that was supposed to teach you how to do your own entrepreneurial things like it had a marketing component and everything else and I think it was the only one out of the entire graduating class that didn't get a full-time job after I, I have had some full-time 
positions here and there uh, over the years for sure. But um, yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely been doing it for, for quite a while. So I guess in the last uh, couple of years, you started to, to move into the, into the WordPress plugin space. Is it something that is still worth doing at this point? I hear almost everyone that talks about selling designs or selling themes basically coming up with the same advice, which is don't. That <laughs> selling themes is a market that peaked 10 years ago, but now it's so competitive that it's almost impossible to break into unless you get super lucky. Sure. Um, is the same thing true of the plugin market? Is it the kind of business that would have been good to start several years ago or would you still recommend people taking the time to develop and try and build a business around a wordpress plugin today um yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't even necessarily agree that the theme market it's not impossible to do but i do think the days are done where you can just kind of throw a plugin out there have zero marketing um at all and and this came about through like through the course, I launched a new plugin, uh, ChimpBridge, which is like a MailChimp sending plugin. And for various reasons, it just hasn't taken off. I, I have several theories as to why, but I also didn't do much marketing around it. It was a plugin that I already had, um, you know, so, so it wasn't something I, you know, needed to validate before spending, you know, months or years <laughs> building it or anything. It was just something I had and I figured, you know, let's, let's put it out there and see how it goes. But I think you need to to have some kind of uh, marketing plan. Like, for example, like even a theme or a plugin. Like, if it's targeted toward a specific niche, right? Then, just like traditional marketing, you can either target them with uh, with with content or uh, meet them in person if they have conferences around that, right? Like, you can you can put a higher price tag if it's something that is for a specific niche and and they're able to to get a lot of value out of it. But I think, you know, putting something online, unless it's, you know, you probably need some kind of content marketing or, or else someone reviews it who has a lot of followers and is able to, to, to give you that initial boost. You know, you really do need to have some kind of uh, marketing plan around it. And that could be in the form of content marketing where, you know, you're, you're just basically trying to help people. You're, you're putting YouTube videos out there and you're, you're writing content to just help them solve a problem. You know, for example, newsletter, oh, I just want to include my events from Google events into MailChimp. And, you know, like that's a good example of an article that I wrote nine months ago that's now starting to generate traffic and sales. So um, I definitely wouldn't recommend it if you if the reason you're doing it is to, to launch a plugin and then quit your job tomorrow, because that is not something you should do. And there's been stories of that where, where people have done it, you know, 10 years ago and maybe that worked. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think it's something you need to uh, to start on the side and not have it be your primary thing. And, um, yeah, and especially if you've got some validation around it, like it's a plugin you've created for a client, they get a lot of value out of it that just, you know, there's a good chance that there's a lot of other people that would as well. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's impossible to do, but you definitely do need to have realistic expectations and not think that it's going to grow overnight, uh, the day you launch. Cause that, that's pretty slim. So you're, you're preaching a lot of patience to, to enter what is really a pretty crowded market these days. Yeah, I think so. And then, and, and a lot of people too will, will say, Oh, well, I'm, you know, uh, why would I bother? Because I'm, I'm only going to make, I don't know, you know, a few hundred bucks a month. Uh, yeah, I could just, I could just do some consulting on the side 
and you know it, i'll just make that in you know a few hours and why bother and really the i mean for me the the benefit has been huge if you know say for example in the summer you want to spend some more time doing something else and not freelancing all the time right like you've you've put in the work beforehand such that you know maybe for a month or two you don't add as many features and you just do this you know the basic support that comes in you're still that is still generating something for you right and especially if you set up things like recurring payments right like you're you're slowly build, building a business that's that's going to be able to replace some or all of your income over time um you know if you if you calculate it just based on the number of hours you spent or um you know or again expecting a, a return on investment versus you consulting at hundreds of dollars you know per per week or hour um, then, then it'd be pretty discouraging. <laughs> you know, you really just need to have the long-term vision that, you know, like as long as you're helping people and you're, you're growing it and you're selling some copies and, um, and, and helping people that way, it is definitely something that has that long-term benefit. So there's a, I guess a certain standard tool set that people use for, for selling their WordPress plugins. Yep. Um, and, and you write quite a bit about, um, Easy digital downloads, in particular. Yeah, is that more or less the the de facto standard when it comes to people setting their pro plugins? Yeah, I mean, some people will. Uh, I was just at a presentation at WordCamp this weekend where people are using a couple of kind of free tools, like one to uh, do the license validation, another to do updates. I don't think they were linked together at all, but you know, as a well supported platform, um, you know, easy and it's not like you know, and the freemius is another uh, option as well, but they have a different model where it's a percentage based of sales, which could be good at first, but then it can uh, kind of eat into things over time. Uh, but it's a quick way to get started. But no, for me, easy digital downloads is the, the first one to use, and I, I've been super happy with not only the support that you get, um, and and you know, the, the customizability I think is huge as well. I mean, like you can just keep it, you know, use it out of the box, and, and you're good to go. But just be the ability to, you know, for example, have a discount if they renew, but then if afterwards you can get rid of that discount. I mean, just being able to, to do really whatever you'd like uh, with the platform uh, has been has been great. So, yeah, that's definitely the, the recommendation I typically give. So you would put a, a freemium version of the plugin on WordPress.org and then have some patience and wait uh, <laughs> wait a year, maybe 18 months for it to grow. Um, you know, maybe if someone was launching it today, they could put their, their, the pro version out early. Yeah. Um, generally, if you're doing a freemium and a pro plugin, how, how big, how popular does your plugin need to be in order to generate a, a, a sizable amount of upsell for the pro plugin? Uh, the pro version. I think. I mean, I think it depends hugely, right? I mean, there are ones that I know that have you know two hundred plus users and are doing decent uh, revenue per month. Um, I know others that have you know like like mine. The event calendar newsletter is under a thousand, and it's still doing quite well because a lot of people will just go direct to well, two reasons. One will go people will go direct to the pro version uh, if they know they want that automation feature, or they're using a calendar that uh, you know I, I don't support in the pre version. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, no, I don't think there's any set size. And that's, that's been the frustrating thing where some, I know people have like 40,000 active plus active users. 
on their free version and they're like, I don't know if it's big enough. I'm like, yes, it is absolutely 100% big enough. And it doesn't need to be this astronomical feature, right? Like it could just be uh, the ability to have better styling, better designs. You know, if it's a short code plugin or it's something that adds some front end functionality, you know, the first feature that I had on event calendar newsletter was just the ability to filter by category. So in the free version, you just, you get all the events, but you know, if you're big enough that you have a ton of events and you want to filter that out, uh, by specific categories or tags or other filtering mechanisms, then, you know, you upgrade to the pro. So, um, yeah, it doesn't need to be this, this crazy complicated feature, uh, to add a lot of value uh, to people who, um, you know, want, want to pay for it and save the time with it. So I guess, uh, 40,000 installs is probably in the top 1% of, <laughs> of all the plugins and people still struggle to, to figure out how to make a living from, uh, a product that's that's that popular yeah which uh well i mean i think a lot of it is just hesitation and you know just just thinking that they need to do some epically huge pro version for it to be worthwhile or, or what have you but um no just adding calls to actions at uh, the appropriate spots and and showing people the the benefit you know make sure they have some value you don't want to nag them too much out of the in the free version but um just making sure that they're uh yeah getting some value with the the free and then are able to upgrade um, from there. So yeah, no, it doesn't need to be a, a huge amount. So I guess one of the common complaints about WordPress and the commercial plugins in particular is you'll often install it and it'll end up looking like a neon monstrosity inside the back of your WordPress site. <laughs> um, oh, in terms of like uh, upgrades or, or upgrade yeah, prompts or something? Yeah, exactly. Or the upgrade notices or the ads. Um, yeah, no, they definitely can't. Uh, you can't do too much of that in the free version. That's for sure. Otherwise, your, your plugin may be removed without warning. <laughs> so how do you strike a balance there? Do you have a nice little subtle ad on the side or do you have a little uh, banner enticing people to give you their email address how do you handle it yeah i mean some um some can actually have it where you went yeah once they install it you know you can ask them permission there's actually this uh wisdom plugin or uh, getwisdom.com i believe that uh, allows you to you know add a, a, a prompt when they first install the plugin to yeah allow them to uh, or allow you to grab their email address and stuff like that but no for me in the plugins uh, currently I have an upgrade link in the plugins listing that's like a green color uh, right beside you know uh, deactivate and edit which hopefully no one ever clicks and <laughs> and settings and then there's an upgrade prompt there I'll add in, yeah, a banner if there's a settings uh, screen, like the two of them have a settings screen. So I'll just have an upgrade prompt just showing the, the core features. The ones that convert quite well are, are in the readme, uh, you can have links. Um, you know, so you can just outline the, the features either in the FAQ or in the body of the description, kind of outlining what the pro version can have after you kind of explain what the free version can do. And also having, yeah, the email sign up in the right hand side for a discount code, if that's something you want to offer. And a great thing is to have it, you know, kind of when, when it's, uh, relevant, right. So for event calendar newsletter, they, without really any advertising, they can go in, they can generate their newsletter based on the options they provide. And then right after that, you know, it's like, oh, save a template. Here's the reason why. So you can, you know, automate it with MailChimp or uh, quickly regenerate these results. And then there it'd be like, well, this is a pro version. You know, here's a link to upgrade. So having some subtle links every once in a while uh, on, on you know, when they when they essentially try to do something, you know, and you give them the, the maybe limited option that they have, but then, 
if they want to upgrade, they can they can do that. But yeah, I, I tend not to. You don't, you don't want to overdo it because otherwise they won't get any value and you won't build any trust before uh, you start bombarding them with uh, with ads. Okay, so you you take um, quite a bit of time and effort to do a helpful upgrade prompt. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Maybe tasteful is perhaps the better. Yes, word. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I definitely could, I uh, would think, you know, adding an upgrade or an admin notice, you can have a dismissible one. Um, and th- those are usually best if you can, you know, show that they've already used your plugin, right? It's not just time limited. Um, maybe they've used some feature or several features of your free version, and then you can kind of prompt them in a nice way being like, oh, you know, like if you upgrade, it'll save you more time or give you this benefit and, and do it that way. But um, but no, I, I found the, the more subtle approach <laughs> works works pretty well. So it sounds as if the the vast majority of the promotional effort that you put in is uh, content marketing related. You get people on the newsletter and then try and keep on earning their trust with highly relevant information that's not sent too often, that's not bombarding them. Yeah, I mean, the newsletter stuff has been more, I guess, for the course uh, related stuff and to help, you know, plugin developers and JavaScript developers um, you know, increase their, their WordPress knowledge, but no, actually I'm not doing a ton of email marketing for the, for the plugins. It's mostly, um, YouTube. I much prefer rather than write, I do have a few, uh, pieces of content that are kind of blog related that, that are doing pretty well plugin, plugin wise, but a lot of it has just been YouTube, you know, like, uh, I've had just a great results with just one that's, uh, how to, you know, list your events from the events calendar anywhere on your WordPress site. And it's something that, you know, some, someone might be searching for on how to do that. And then you just show them how to do it. And I actually do it tastefully as well, where I'm not just saying, oh, well, you know, uh, right from the beginning that you, you know, you need the pro version. Some of the videos do that. But the the ones that seem to convert the best are show them what the free version can do. Oh, here's the free version. You know, for example, list your events, but without any styling. And then, yeah, if you upgrade, if you don't know CSS or you don't want to spend the time you know, bothering with, uh, with making it look nicer. Here's, here's the pro version, you know, and just drop it at the end and, uh, and also have that link in, in the footer so they can check out your sales page, um, if they want. So, yeah, I know I found, uh, found YouTube, uh, content marketing is, has been quite well along with a, a few posts. Oh, so I, I, again, you're trying to be highly educational on the YouTube yep. channel, trying to be instructional and be helpful first. And then the promotional pitch is slipped in quietly at the end. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it needs to be something where the best ones have been where uh, they get value whether they buy or not. And then again, that, that builds the trust, right? So, you know, the Google events uh, one has been good where it's like, yeah, you can follow these instructions. That is a calendar that's supported in the free version. So you can go ahead and follow these steps, but you're going to have to copy and paste it each time. You can't set up like a weekly reminder email. But if you upgrade and or want a nicer design, then yeah, just so here's the pro version uh, that you can you can upgrade to. So yeah, no, helpful is key. So I, at this point, are you figuring the the extent or the plugin business to be a a lifestyle business of sorts? Do you do it because you can take time off in the summer, or do you have big grandiose plans for the next year or so in terms of growing up? A plugin empire. No, um, I'm definitely more of a lifestyle business side. I know, yeah. you know, obviously there are many uh, plugins that have grown teams of 15, 20 plus, which, you know, is nothing compared to a corporate size business, of course, but um, that is absolutely not my goal at all. Uh, I, you know, I'd love to 
to maybe bring on, say, some student developers and, and, you know, have them maybe build out a specific feature, like to give them experience on a real product. Uh, but in terms of hiring someone full time, having to manage them, um, it's it's absolutely not something I'm uh, I'm looking to do at all. It, it really is a slow build where you know for the for example in January will be where some of the first automatic renewals uh, will start kicking in. So definitely expecting a, a jump there. Uh, in addition to the you know ongoing new customer sales that are coming in, but yeah, I mean that's and then the year after that again another another boost as uh, as more new users are coming in. So it's definitely a lifestyle thing, and uh, it's nice to to grow slowly, so you don't have to, uh, you know, you're not bombarded by a lot of those growth issues that you that you might get in terms of, uh, uh, you know, either support, which has been pretty minimal because I've really tried to improve the onboarding every time I get a question, and I try to see why they're confused by that and improve the documentation or the plugin experience. But uh, no, definitely looking to keep it as like a, a lifestyle lifestyle business. You seem to be very, very zen-like about the whole thing. <laughs> it's taken a while, and even even still, I mean, I, I'm I just got off a call, a mastermind call with some people who've been doing it longer than I have, and I'm, I'm sure eventually I'll get that. Uh, oh, you know, like uh, are the is, am I growing as fast as I should be, or or whatever? But um, no, it's 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 been good. I've been enjoying the the level where it's at, for sure. Yeah, I know how you feel to some extent. Um, uh, I just just. This weekend, I had a very long conversation with my wife, uh, prompted by uh, an in-law who came to visit, and the in-law is um, probably the wealthiest person in our family. They work uh, as a lobbyist up in D.C., nice. and they're making X numbers of hundreds <laughs> of thousands of dollars a year, working 20-hour sure. weeks, absolutely well, I'm assuming that, oh, 20 hour weeks or 20 hour days? Oh, 20 hour days. Okay. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, they're doing great then. I need to, I'm a lobbyist now. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. It, uh, no, they're busting their butt. Yep. And yep. Um, absolutely hating their job. <laughs> I've done it. I've, I've been there, done that. I've, I've, I literally landed myself in the hospital by uh, by working way too hard uh, during, say, the last, yeah, last year of uni. I had uh, you know four thesis classes, so four group group projects and a ton of communication around that. You know, girlfriend, which is like a full time job, and you know, and, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, life, social life outside, volunteering a bit, plus trying to to manage the. I think I still had the bingo game or, or was working for the company there, and also doing some freelancing. And yeah, my body's just like I can't do that. So yeah, maybe I haven't grown things as fast. Uh, as I could, or, or um, uh, you know, I, I could be putting in a, a ton more hours or something. But um, no, I don't know. I think there needs to 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 be a balance to it all because it needs to be something that's sustainable uh, long term. Um, you know, you can have a quick, you could do it for a while, but eventually uh, it'll catch up to you. So, yeah. So you told me just before we got on the podcast that you'd started to to try and get healthier as well. You got to. A uh, stand-up desk and a treadmill desk as well. Yep, so which I haven't been using too much because it's uh, it gets a little too warm to be that high up <laughs> where my office is situated right now. But no, definitely more hiking and um, and stuff like that. I, again, that's probably something I could do more of. Uh, um, but yeah. Oh, so the the plug-in business is a nice lifestyle business. Once you get to a certain point, it can be it can be accelerated or slowed down depending on how you're feeling, depending on if you need to go 
for a vacation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or in my case, I had uh, no surgery back in June just to, to help with my breathing. And yeah, whilst I was watching a lot of Breaking Bad, the, the plugins continued to sell uh, while I you know couldn't really do uh, too much while I recovered. So. I guess if you run a consulting business, then you're running on other people's deadlines. Your time is, to, to a large extent at least, controlled and dominated by other people's timelines. Yeah. Whereas, uh, you have a an independent business now, which is entirely controlled by yours. Yeah, and I mean, consulting can be great, uh, especially if you 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 make enough, and you know you can uh, mitigate some of those highs and lows depending on how you know, how your marketing is. Uh, you can you know mitigate that with some savings, right? So then, if you have a slow month or you need to take some time off, you can kind of run off your savings for a bit. But it's very rarely is there. Uh, revenue while you're not, you know, at the computer or actively consulting or doing work. So uh, for me, that was uh, something that I really wanted to build for for a while, uh, you know, product-based income. And uh, I can tell you once you get that first sale from someone you've never met, you know, the first sale of Event Calendar Newsletter was one where, uh, you know, I was waiting. I was I had a list of people who were asking for a specific feature and I was ready to, to send them a, a note and the sale came in. I'm like, wait, I haven't sent out the note yet to the people who, who are on my list. Here's to someone who randomly, uh, you know, found it organically through an article actually I'd written on my own blog and, uh, and purchased it. And I even followed up uh, personally uh, before I set up some of the automation to, to automatically send them a note after a day or two. Uh, thanking them and asking if they need any help. They never replied, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, you know, they're, they're still using it. So I'm assuming they're happy with it, but it's uh it's a great feeling to, that people can take, especially the helpful content you created and they can save themselves a lot of time without, uh, without your intervention. You can do something once in terms of coding and hundreds of people benefit from it. So it's, uh, it's really cool. Cool. So uh, final question. Um, yes. you, you've given a, a really great overview of your philosophy to these things. What are your plans for the the next year or so? Are you going to focus exclusively on the calendar plugin or are you going to launch new plugins? Uh, what are your plans for the next yeah, few months? Definitely incrementing the the ones I have. The shortcode plugin has, has been doing really well, so I've been putting some time into that. And I've got one more plugin in the works. I talked about it actually on the Rogue Startups podcast uh, just recently about how I'm launching that with someone else who I've gotten to know over the last year or so. And uh, he's, he's already got access to, in terms of marketing, right? Having a marketing plan, he's, he's done a lot of that. So he's got a pretty solid plan on, on how to, to market it for launch and, and ongoing. So I'm looking forward to learning some, some stuff from him and seeing how that goes. And I've got two courses right now that are, that are in the works. Uh, one around events, because it's very much related to, to, to the plugins and just teaching people how to set up an events or ticketing system on their own WordPress site or even a new WordPress site if they don't have one. And then one on uh, WordPress plugin development, because uh, that was some feedback I got from the one course where, you know, maybe they were coming from Python, Ruby or some other, uh, you know, uh, language and they didn't really know, or even PHP, but they didn't really know, you know, some of the WordPress idiosyncrasies. So it'd be nice to teach them a bit of that, even though there's a lot of content out there. And that's probably why I haven't done it uh, for a while, because I'm thinking, well, why, why do I need to create a course on it? But I think it'll... It'll fit well uh, with with the other course that I have and and others that I'm thinking I might do later on. Oh well, congrats! And um, I've I started the podcast by saying that I highly highly recommend that people sign up to your newsletter. I will drop a 
a link in the show notes. Where else can people keep up to date with you? Yeah, really, uh, brianhogg.com is probably the, the best uh, place to start. It's got links to all the courses. It's got links to the plugins, um, the Learning Center, which yeah, has a lot of the articles that I share on the newsletter or elsewhere, and uh, you know, link to the Twitter uh, in the footer. So brianhogg.com. Great. And then I'll put a, a link to all those in the show notes together with your YouTube channel as well. Sounds great. And wonderful. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Brian. No problem. Thanks for having me again.